Welcome to the White Spring Bunker. These halls were built to safeguard some of the most prestigious members of the United States government. We are MODIS, and we are always looking for men and women capable of helping us restore what has been lost. In return, we offer this, a new enclave and our refuge from the world above. Please, take your time and look around. The Colonel has made great strides restoring this place to its former glory. Welcome, member, to our little enclave. Greetings, members. This communications channel has been appropriated by our little enclave. Please welcome the operative for a short introduction. Welcome, members. As always, I am the operative, your designated tour guide and host here at the White Spring. Halloween is a special time of year in Appalachia. When the bombs dropped on October 23, 2077, the local citizens had already decorated for the holiday. The Watoka High School had even scheduled a Monster Mash event where students would be allowed to run around chasing the teachers wearing a monster mask full of candy and hit them with baseball bats. Even 28 years later, old Halloween decorations could be found adoring houses and businesses. Even Jack's Pumpkin House still sports hundreds of carved pumpkins, all lovingly cared for by its host, Mr. Handybot. At the White Spring, the residents of Refugee Row celebrate the holiday with trick-or-treating around the refurbished cottages, with children dressed in costumes ranging from witches and vampires to more recent monsters like ghouls and scorched. A few even dress like their heroes, with packs of little Lilis running around causing mischief, little Steins playing stickball, and little Colonels trying to boss the other kids around and have contests for who can smile the least. In the bunker, the members are preparing their own Halloween party. Assaultrons have been painted a bright orange, while Protectrons did their best to carve various jack-o'-lanterns for display around the operations wing. In the commissary, Lilith Stein have been discussing the finer details of their upcoming party. Let's see here. We have Deathclaw steaks, mole rat stew, rat steak ribeye, potato hash, mute fruit pie, and a lot of candy of indeterminate age. Old possum, blackwater brew, three cases of wine, two cases of whiskey, and one case of lead champagne. Don't forget my contribution, old man. Right. Hot cocoa. Lilith, are you going to tell me what's in the cocoa, right? For the hundredth time, old man, nothing. Just chocolate and ramen milk. Do I even want to know where you got the marshmallows? <laughs> That's my little secret. Oh, Lilith, please. It's harmless, I swear. You're going to be the death of me, aren't you? <laughs> Only if you make me mad, old man. Just... Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. What will be fine, Stein? Oh, Colonel. Uh, sorry. I was just speaking with Lilith about the beverage selections for the party tonight. Hot chocolate, correct? Yes, ma'am. Good. Well, carry on. I have to check on my guest. Don't forget about your costume, too, Colonel. I still can't believe you convinced me to make this a costume party, Stein. Oh, come on, Colonel. It's in the spirit of the holiday. Yeah, Val. I mean, 
I picked out the best costume for you, didn't I? Lilith, I only agreed because you said you'd be on your best behavior. Please don't make me regret this more than I already do. All right, Colonel. I'll keep an eye on her, and I'll make sure everything else is perfect. Don't you worry. We'll see you tonight. Valeria sighed, tucked her beret under her arm, and walked out of the commissary. Stein turned around to find Lilith messing with their beverages. For the last time, Lilith, you are not spiking the punch with Nukashai. <sighs> Spoil sport. Valeria could hear Stein and Lilith arguing again as she walked down the hall. She figured Stein would keep Lilith from poisoning them, or worse, eh, for the most part. With what Lilith considered a joke, Valeria made a note to avoid the punch tonight. Protect and serve. Protect and serve. Later on, above the bunker, in one of the hotel suites, the colonel was sitting in a chaise lounge, watching her guests stare out of the window at the resort grounds. There was a bit of a smile on her face, something that was rarely seen by most. You can't believe I'm staying at the White Spring. Only the richest folks in Appalachia got to come here at all. Best my family could ever do is take Sunday drives by the main gate. It's not too bad. Closest thing I've ever had to home outside of Vault 76. Not too bad? Gotta hand it to you, Val. The place looks almost as good as new. You think so, Jeannie? I don't have much to compare it to except the old pictures. <laughs> Might not be as exclusive as it used to be, but I like it better this way. No one has given you any trouble, have they? Well, nothing I ain't used to, Val. A few side eyes, and that Reynolds character might have said something. Reynolds. I'm going to use him for weapons testing. You're so cute when you're angry. <laughs> no, Val, don't. It ain't worth getting worked up over. Nothing I haven't dealt with before. That doesn't mean I have to like it. I'll talk to the members again. They need to understand who the real enemies are. Did I also mention how cute you are when you get all authoritative? Jeannie. Not sorry, Val. Anyway, I picked out something special for tonight. You know how long it's been since I've been to a costume party? Probably at least as long as me, I suppose. Oh, come on. It'll be fun. You gonna tell me what your costume is? That Lilith friend of yours said you had something real nice. Well, I can't wait to see it. I can't believe Lilith talked me into this. Well, you gotta lighten up. It's Halloween, remember? How about just this once, you let your hair down for real and have some fun. I won't kill you, you know? I don't do fun. That's not what you said last night. Jeannie. <laughs> Trust me, this'll be great. And I'll be there, so whatever happens, it won't be all bad either. Deal? Okay, okay. Deal. Now that's settled. Come here. I think we have a bit of time for the party, right? The new Enclave Halloween party was in full swing. The production floor was decorated with a variety of skeletons, pumpkins, and rubber bats. While the Protectrons brought down plates of food and drink, laying them on long tables, and the new Enclave members mingled with each other, commenting on their various costumes. Outside of the party, two members bumped into each other in the hallway. Great costume, Thomas. Vampire, right? 
Pretty rare to see something like that. Where'd you find it? Not gonna believe this, but we just stumbled on this dead guy a while back. Sure enough, he was wearing this full Dracula getup, and well, he didn't need it anymore. Got a point there. You did have it cleaned, right? Jeez, Jones. Who do you think I am, Lilith or something? Hey, had to ask, but it looks great. Thanks, Jones. Now, what are you supposed to be exactly? What? Can't you tell, Thomas? A modus. Oh, yeah. The stashed box and wearing that old TV screen. I totally see it now. So, uh, modus, what do you think of Lieutenant's costume? Lieutenant, imitation has been defined as flattery. Modus, you're really flattered? No, Lieutenant, we are not. However, your efforts have been noted. Thank you, Modus. I think. <laughs> Come on, Jones. We don't want to be late. I heard a rumor that someone found real marshmallows for the hot chocolate. For real? All right. Just give me a minute. It's kind of hard to move in this thing. The sounds of the monster mash are playing in the bunker speakers while the members mingle, dance, and sample the variety of dishes presented representing the wide variety of flora and fauna available in Appalachia. You don't know which of these Major Lilith cook, do you? Don't know, but I'd stay away from anything that looks too raw. Oh, don't worry. I was told Major Stein cooked just about everything. As the two talked, a third pranced over doing a somersault before taking a little bow. Hey, Cindy. Wow. And I thought my vampire costume was fun, but you're, uh, wait a second, uh, know this. It'll come to me. Aw, oh, miss, I'm a Harley Quinn, silly. A Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's right. Of course it is. I'm wearing it, aren't I? Sorry, it's just, well, kind of fancy, don't you think? Cut that out, Thomas. I think she looks great. Of course I do. Found this up at the hotel. There must have been a theater troupe staying at the resort before the war. They left all their costumes in storage. Now I'm rethinking my motive's choice. Jones, it's inspired, and I like it. Hey, would you guys like to see me juggle? I've been practicing all day. Sure, Cindy. Cindy reaches into her harlequin pack and pulls out three small bowling pins. Taking a bow, she steps back and concentrates on the pins in her hand. All right, watch this. Ready? Ready? For a few seconds, it was quite an impressive display. Cindy managed to get all three pins up in the air and even caught them several times. Until she tripped over her own feet and everything clattered to the ground. Blushing a deep red, Cindy rushed to pick everything up. Oh no, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad at all. And you're supposed to make people laugh. It was perfect. What is all, all this racket I'm hearing over here? Major, didn't see you come in. Wow, that's some costume you have. Are those bolts? And what's that on your head? Jones, don't you recognize me? I'm Frankenstein. There was a collective groan amongst the members. Well, at least I thought it was funny. Old man, we've heard far worse from you. Lilith! Wow, um, is that actually you, Major? Where's your costume? Lilith had strolled into the party. Instead of her standard dark-colored makeup and dirty long coat, she was wearing a freshly pressed dress uniform, topped with a peaked cap. And her face? Well, it's clean. Any member in the new enclave would have been hard-pressed to present a more perfect picture of normalcy. In fact, it was horrifying. What? I am in costume, can't you tell? And what are you exactly supposed to be? <laughs> Why, Cindy, I'm a homicidal maniac. 
They look just like everyone else, don't they, Modus? Yes, Major. They do. <sighs> no. I'm so hungry. Anyone who gets in front of me and the food, and I eat them instead. The crowd parted as Lola stopped towards the buffet, heading directly towards a large plate of death boss steaks piled on one of the tables. She's kidding, right? Right? Thomas, how long have you been around the Major? Well, maybe if I push Reynolds in front of her? Not funny, Thomas. Well, a bit funny. Where's the Colonel, anyways? I have one of the Assaultrons assigned to guard the Fancy Lad snack cakes, and I'm not filing in the paperwork if someone gets vaporized because of it. Gosh, I haven't seen her. She is coming, right? Frankenstein will go right up to her in the quarters and drag her back here if necessary. Franken who will do what now exactly, Major? The Colonel's voice echoed across the party and all eyes turned to the entrance. There was Valeria, wearing, of all things, a full pirate costume, eye patch included. On her arm, attired in what would pass as either a ball gown or a full princess dress, including a tiara, was Eugenie, the arms merchant. Wowzers! Look, it's Pirate Queen Val! Is that Eugene too? She looks pretty. Well, if I didn't see it with my own two eyes. Would you all please stop staring and get back to the party? Val, it's okay. And why don't you introduce me to everyone? Valeria sighed, then perked up a bit when Eugenie gave her a gentle nudge in the ribcage. Eugenie is my guest this evening. Her services have been invaluable in our work, especially in assisting in the distribution of the Scorched vaccine. Stein did his Frankenstein walk over in front of Eugenie and took her hand. It is truly a pleasure to meet you, Eugenie. Your reputation certainly precedes you. And, well, I do think of the Colonel as my adopted daughter, so I always want to check in and check out about her friends and make sure she's staying out of trouble. Eugenie just laughed and Valeria rolled her eye. This is Major Andrew Stein. He's a bit of an oddity here. Why, Colonel, I resemble that remark. But... When he's not telling bad jokes, he has been instrumental in helping us rebuild here. Major, it is a pleasure to meet you as well. Valeria has told me quite a bit about you, and I do admire your costume. Thank you kindly, Eugenie. Oh, me next, me next! And this... Excuse me, who are you? Well, that's not even funny. Sorry, Leela. I just didn't recognize you. You're rarely this... tidy. So... This is Lilith. <gasps> oh, goody. You have heard of me. Didn't need Val here to tell me too much, because you are a right celebrity out there in the wasteland. I don't know if celebrity is the right word. Hush now, Val. It's okay. Notoriety is just as good in my book. And I've tried, really, really tried hard to get people to notice me. Ah, Lilith. You will always be my rambunctious little carnivore. It does make a father proud. Whatever, old man. But thank you. Well, again, it is very nice to meet you. Uh, Val did say I need to count my fingers after I shake your hand, though. Hmm, did she now? I promise. I don't bite. Friends, that is. Lil, hey, please. And this is Lieutenant Thomas, 
Oh, the one who got burned by the insult bot, right? Does everyone know that story? Yes, Thomas. Everyone knows. And this is Lieutenant Jones. He has the honor of being the very first graduate of our Power Armor training group. Lieutenant, I like your costume. You're a... computer? Modus, ma'am. Modus? Our very own AI, ma'am. Wow. Val, was this the same thing you were talking about? Oh, and Lieutenant, drop the ma'am, please. It makes me feel old. It's just Eugenie. Yes, Modus helps run the bunker. He is, well, a bit like the heart and soul of this place. Colonel, we appreciate your efforts on our behalf. In honor of the occasion, we have adopted a change of appearance. Is this acceptable? (laughs) A pumpkin head. Well, Modus, it does fit with the occasion. Thank you, Colonel. Well, I think it looks quite dashing, Mr. Modus. Your comment is appreciated, Eugenie. Oh, great. You're going to give him even more of a bigger head than he already has. Don't worry, Stein. Your head will still be the biggest around here. I'll remember you said that, Jones. And this one, trying to hide behind Major Stein for some reason, is Lieutenant Cindy. Cindy? That's quite a look. Don't see too many Harlequins in Appalachia. You just gotta look nice. It most certainly does. And you look a little familiar. Have we met? Cindy looked down and blushed. No, ma'am. I mean, Eugenie. I don't think so. Eugenie took a step forward and gave Cindy a hug, then whispered in her ear. (laughs) It's okay. Your secret is safe with me. Say hi to Amanda for me. That might have caused Cindy to blush even more. Eugenie took a step back and then spoke up. Oh, you're right. I I must have mistaken you for someone else. It's a real pleasure to meet you. Thanks, Eugenie. My, my, so many fine folks here. And just look at all the costumes. What are those people wearing over in the corner, Val? Oh, yes, that's Captain Thomas, or Captain Thompson and his team. We call them Team Cryptid. A pretty unusual bunch. They're tasked with tracking down the more unusual creatures in Appalachia. Lobby. If I had to guess, the captain is dressed as the Flatwoods monster. Researcher Emily is supposed to be the Mothman, and Private Lawson is dressed as Manta Man. (laughs) From the Unstoppables? Yes. He's a bit unusual. However, they are all excellent at their jobs, despite the oddities of their mission. Uh, and, and what about those folks? Eugenie pointed to the opposite corner where three people stood. One stood out immediately, wearing a full red astronaut outfit and helmet, while the other two were dressed as a pioneer scout and some kind of mountain vagabond with a floppy Yushenka hat. Lilith walked up carrying a large plate of mostly raw deathclaw steaks and a mouthful of meat. Of, um, friends of mine, well, maybe not friends' friends, but old acquaintances. Lilith, what did I tell you about bringing civilians into the bunker? It's perfectly fine, Val. I blindfolded them and everything, not to mention 
I told them that if they ever said anything to anyone, well, I'd eat them. Valeria rubbed the bridge of her nose and was just about to say something when Eugenie spoke up. Val, it's Halloween. Let folks have their fun. And it looks like Philip. It looks like Lilith put the fear of her in them anyway. I mean, just look at them staring. I swear the shorter one is literally quaking in her boots. Fine. But Lilith, they are your responsibility. And whatever happens, I definitely don't want to know about it. Okie dokie, Val. Lilith took another big bite of steak before jogging in the direction of her guests. Hey, Shia. Hey, turtle. Having fun? Haney, <laughs> thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. These kinds of things just aren't my cup of tea. Oh, Val, hard to imagine you being uncomfortable anywhere. And these are your people, aren't they? From everything you've said, y'all been through quite a lot. I can tell they all look up to you. It hasn't been easy. I think you're doing just fine. And hey, it's Halloween and we're at a party. I'm going to make you sure you enjoy yourself. Is that an order, Gina? Yes, ma'am. That got the smile out of Valeria, a real one. It wasn't very often that the young woman pierced the veneer that she had built up as the colonel. But when she did, Eugenie thought it made her look even more beautiful. Colonel, why don't you let Thomas Jones and Eugenie around and introduce her to the other members? I think she would like that. Don't know if that's a good idea, Stein. Well, I'll be just fine. And trust me. I've been in a lot worse situations with no friendly faces around at all. I'm sure they'll take good care of me. We sure will. Now, Princess Eugenie, let your Harley Quinn escort you around the castle. Cindy took Eugenie by the hand and led her to another group of members, followed by both Thomas and Jones. Val was a little worried watching them go, unsure of how Eugenie would be received. But in looking over, she was reminded of a scene from a very old movie they watched in Vault 76. Someone called it the Wizard of Oz. She really is something else, isn't she? You know, she really is. Is there anything you want to tell me, Colonel? Valeria turned and looked up at Stein. There were times when he really did remind her of her father. Maybe a little too emotional, too lax in his demeanor. But like her father, he really did care about her well-being. I'm fine, Stein. A while back, I mentioned that you looked happier. And I just want to say that I approve. Even though you don't need this old man's approval, but I still approve. A million thoughts raced through Valeria's head all at once. There were many ways she could respond, and her first instinct as a commanding officer was to let Stein know, in no uncertain terms, that he needed to mind his own business. Then she heard the sound of a uproarious laughter and turned to see Eugenie, or more appropriately, Princess Eugenie, holding court amongst a large group of members. She looked happy. No, more than just happy. Eugenie saw Valeria staring and gave her a wink before returning to spinning another yarn about her adventures with the Blue Ridge Caravan. Valeria blushed before turning back to an appraising Stein. Stein, I am happy. And thank you. Valeria took two steps forward and did something that even Stein never expected. Valeria hugged him. Ew, gross. Lilith. Sorry. Can't help it. 
And I'm still hungry. You ate all of the deathclaw steaks and you're still hungry? Famished. Stein, would you please check the commissary before Lilith decides to eat someone? Yes, ma'am. Or should I say, aye aye, Captain? Stein, must you? Hey, it's your costume, not mine. Anyways, you're right. Lilith, follow me. We'll find you something to eat instead of someone this time. <sighs> if you insist, old man, lead the way. Larry chuckled as she watched Stein stomp off with Lilith in tow. Hearing another round of laughter behind her, Valeria smiled, then turned to walk over to where Eugenie was standing. Jones handed her a cold old possum and a plate of snack cakes, and Valeria relished every bite. The Halloween party carried on late into the evening. Stein finally managed to find a little of something to eat. Well, a lot of somethings to eat, but it nearly cleared the commissary of fresh meat. Stein made a note to talk to the local hunters about bringing in more as soon as possible. Bitter and Sullivan finally put in an appearance, blaming their tardiness on their weekly poker game. Later, it was revealed that the game had lasted so long because neither of the men could figure out how to outcheat the other until they both finally played five aces each, laughed until they fell over, and grabbed a nearby bottle of bourbon before heading downstairs. Frankenstein, as any good father would, had gathered the hardiest of members, including the Colonel, Eugenie, Lilith, Cindy, Thomas, and Jones, and taken them to a dark corner of the bunker to tell ghost stories, while they all drank hot chocolate and toasted Lilith's marshmallows using a plasma torch. And when they got home that evening, Brittany got out of the Corvega, and there, hanging from the door handle, was a bloody sickle! Wow, that was scary. Good job, Thomas. Lame. People know there's no such thing as a sickle, man. There is too, Jones. He was a real killer, I swear. Right. Eugenie, who had been sitting next to Valeria, sipping on a Blackwater brew and resting her head on Val's shoulder, perked up. Oh, the sickle man was real, all right. Had people scared something fierce back before the war. Sounds like you have a great story for Halloween. Tell us what you know, Eugenie. Well, this wasn't a personal experience or anything, but this friend of mine, James, told me a story about the sickle man before he disappeared. This was back in, let's see, 74, 75, right after tourist season, and when we were closing up the cabins and helping to shut the resorts down until next year. James was dating this girl named Sarah. She was real nice, born up in Harrisburg, but her family moved down here to work at Arctos Pharma. They had a habit of borrowing a cabin for the night. It wasn't a big deal so long as they tidied and locked up after. One night, they stayed at this little place north of Autumn Acres. Nice place, but not much else around. I guess they liked the quiet. Except that night, it wasn't quiet. James swore they kept hearing someone walking around in the trees. Then there was a banging on their door near midnight. Now, James played football, big guy and all. He figured it must have been some of the staff or maybe even us, his friends, playing a trick. It wasn't us. I know that for sure. We was all down by the top of the world that night. He opened the door and there was no one there. He called out, telling whoever it was to scram that he'd knock them flat if they kept bothering them. That's when he said he heard laughing. Sounded like a kid at first, but got deeper and scarier. 
He could hear someone walking again, pacing round and round the cabin. He tried shining his flashlight, but she saw nothing. Sarah was getting scared, real scared. Begged James for them to leave, but he wasn't so much scared yet. He was, he was mad. Didn't take much. He, he was a bit of a hothead. Told me later that he felt chills, that something wasn't right, but he wasn't going to show it. It had gotten dark, real dark. No stars in the sky with all the clouds and a thick fog rolled down the mountains, covering everything. They both heard the laughing again, closer this time. James shut the windows and locked the door, even pushed the bed in front of it. Said he was finally scared. Sarah was crying. Then they heard the scraping. It started on one side of the cabin and kept going, right along with the sound of the footsteps they heard too. James tried to look out the window, but the fog was too thick and even he wasn't gonna go outside now. The scraping got to the door. Someone tried the latch. It rattled, but since it was locked, it didn't open. Then it laughed again, much, much louder this time. Sarah screamed. Then something hit the door hard. Whole cabin shook. Then it hit again and again and again. James was scared now, really scared. He said the door wasn't looking too good. Didn't think it would hold. When the wood started to splinter, he swore he saw something. Something metal through a large crack. That was enough for him. He wasn't hanging around and he grabbed Sarah and went over to the window. He was half panicked and took him a minute to figure out how to open it. But finally he did. And he pushed Sarah out first. Then he jumped after her. James said it was a blur after that. He lost Sarah in the fog, thought he heard her screaming, but he just ran and ran. Then he heard something behind him, something running too. Thought it might have been Sarah, so he stopped and turned around. Then he said he saw it, or him, or whatever. It came out of the fog, something big, bigger than him. And for James to say that, oh gosh, it must have had to have been huge. It was wearing some kind of mask or hood and carried this big sickle and James swore it was covered in blood. Then he screamed. Figured it was his football instincts that saved him like the quarterback dodging a tackle. The thing lunged at him, laughing the whole time, but James ducked out of the way and he tried to disappear into the fog. Ran for what seemed like hours, he said, till he hit the main road. Managed to flag down some old farmer driving a pick-em-up truck. Couldn't say nothing but drive, just drive. Heck, James scared me just telling the story, especially when he said after the farmer started the truck and they were headed down the road, he looked back and he swore up and down. And I saw the look in his eyes that the sickle man was standing in the road watching him. They had never found Sarah. The state police came for James a couple days later. Never saw him again after that. Some folks said they took him up to the Allegheny Asylum. Others said they took him out of state and just hushed everything up. Don't know what happened, but the owners closed all the cabins north of Odd Makers and sold the land to the government. For the rest of us, it was enough. 
Glad the season was over. Glad to be moving out of the mountains back to civilization. People was afraid of the sickle man. People went missing here and there, but it didn't pay to spook the tourists. Figured a lot got covered up, and then the war happened. Still a scary story folks told around their campfires at night. Sickle man real? Uh, I can't rightly say, except I saw it in James's eyes. There was a fear there I ain't seen for since. To this day, I ain't never set foot north of Automakers, and neither should you. Ooh. <laughs> Goodness, son. You're done giving us all a heart attack. I don't think I'm going to sleep for a week. My goodness, Eugenie, that was something else. Stein, don't make me use my hammer. <laughs> all right, all right, sorry. Just seemed like an opportune moment. Eugenie, that was quite the Halloween story. I thank you, Stein. We ghouls do have an app for storytelling. I will admit, that even scared me a little. Colonel, you scared? I don't believe it. Sometimes a little bit of fear is healthy, Thomas. If Appalachia has taught us anything, it's to be prepared for everything. Speaking of monsters, where's Lilith? She went to check on Malgus. He's a bit grumpy. Didn't think a party was appropriate for the holiday. Last I heard, he was sulking in the chapel, muttering about a bunch of heathens. I have to say, this, uh, this hot chocolate is really good. Yeah, better than anything we used to have in the vault, that's for sure. Did Lilith? ever say where she found all the marshmallows? Colonel, my eyes must be deceiving me, but are you making a s'more with the fancy lad snack cake? I am, Stein, and it tastes wonderful. Thank you very much. I would also like another old possum, please. What about? I do believe you are a little tipsy. I am not. Well, maybe just a little. He may have been tipsy, and the story did scare her. Just a little. But resting against Eugenie, Valeria felt a connection that made her feel all warm inside. Did I miss all the scary stories? Well, what took so long? Just... Uh, needed to check on a few things. Enjoy my treats? I can't believe I'm saying this, but these marshmallows are incredible. I really hope I won't regret asking, but how on earth did you find them? Lilith looked like the cat that just ate the canary, and smiled. Well, that friend of mine, Turtle, from the vault? Yes? She found the recipe over at the old Pioneer Scout Camp. Even managed to start up, you know, that old recruiting bot. Did you know she's an honest-to-goodness Pioneer Scout? That's interesting, Lilith, but it doesn't really answer the question. Turns out... Making those things was easy peasy. All it took was some sugar, razor grain, flour, uh, oh, and concrete. Lilith, I may be old, but my ears are still good. Did you just say concrete? Yes, yeah, silly. I mean, what else am I going to use? Colonel, we took the liberty of analyzing the recipe. Toxicity should be minimal. Thanks, Modus. You know what? I don't even care. These are great. Lil, thank you. Oh, 
you're most welcome. Now, who wants to hear a really scary story? That was the cue for most of the members to suddenly realize they had prior commitments or needed to be up early for duty the next morning. Spoil sports, just as well. I'm going upstairs. I hear there is a roving pack of baby Liliths throwing eggs at sentry bots. Hmm, somebody needs to show those kids the correct way to do mischief. And I heard that there's an army of uh, little Major Steins roaming around. Maybe I should gather them up because Lilith, you will do no such thing. <laughs> Try and stop me, old man. <laughs> Lilith ran out of the room, followed by Frankenstein hobbling after her. Cindy, Thomas, and Jones took their hot chocolate and went to go watch, finally leaving Eugenie and Val Valeria all by themselves. Don't think I've had this much fun in forever, Val. Well, it's fun, wasn't it? You are something else. You know that? Just when I think I got you figured out, you surprise the heck out of me. Is that good, Jeannie? That's more than good, Val. You treat me like a person, and you're special. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Jean. So, I think it's time for a closer inspection of our costumes, <laughs> don't you think? Aye, aye, ma'am. Thank you again, members, for joining us here on this very special live stream of The Modus Files. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe. And better yet, please leave a review to help others find our little enclave. You can also follow us on Twitter at Modus Files for more information about our podcast, Fallout 76 content, and random musings on the enclave. Also, please support the Fallout for Hope charity drive. Throughout this live stream, we've provided a link to donate to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital, Please join us and our fellow creators in this very important charity event. I'd also like to thank our cast, Pandora Beatrix as Colonel Valeria Faustina, XO1 King as Major Andrew Stein, Lucy Middleton as Major Lilith Alistair, Rear Cheshire as Lieutenant Cindy Connors, Austin Rogers as Lieutenant Jones, Aaron Foster as Lieutenant Thomas, and introducing Firewriter as Eugenie, and Brad Williams as the voice of Modus. We also owe Brad a huge thank you for donating his Twitch stream and hosting this event for our podcast. And a huge shout out to Canon the Chad podcast, Once Upon a Wasteland, A Bomb Radio, Tapes from the Waste, The Wasteland Theater Company, The 50 New Responders, The Enclave Armed Forces, The Elgato Fight Club, United Wastelander Network, The Vault 93 Community, and the rest of this amazing Fallout community which has given us such joy over the past two years. Finally, a very special thank you to Jeremiah Johnson, also known as Nobody. Our resident podcast artist who has provided us with the excellent character artwork you can find on our website. Thank you to all of our subscribers and supporters. God bless the Enclave, God bless Fallout for Hope, and God bless America. Members, we look forward to your next visit to our little Enclave.